0: Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast by default. Ain't no thing like me, Seth. Here are your hosts,
1: Zach and Jared. Maps coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Did you ever figure out what your notes were last week when it said no wiener? <laughs> no, I did not Okay, just. <laughs> <laughs> i've been i've been perseverating on that for seven days <laughs> When the show is done i crumple them oh okay and i discard them i don't have like a binder of old notes i mean when you crumpled it did it make a word that was legible <laughs> okay i'm sorry was it lungeable? Lungeable, legible lunchables. all right let's go those have to taste disgusting right You've never had a lunchable.
0: Well, I've just—I think from an adult point of view, they must taste awful.
1: Now I kind of, when I go to the store tonight, I kind of want to buy one and report back. <laughs> okay, great, you do that. Or I could just make an adult lunchable in which I buy Ritz crackers and cheese that I can slice myself with some pepperoni. No, I bet it tastes just like greasy. Yeah, probably. All right, you ready for some quickie reviews? I am ready for
0: some quickie reviews. Gonna bust out three of these bad boys. Barry ended this week; had its series finale. And I didn't um love this last season it started off as a dark comedy and then it kind of lost the second half of that word <laughs> or I, whatever the second word in that phrase yeah there you go there's still a few things here or there that's like it's not entirely like devoid of like funny stuff but it, it uh, definitely was it was just dark and i really i thought the finale the way it ended they did a good job i think how it rolled out was kind of like the perfect way to do it except like the very very end there's this little knife twist you're like Oh, man. (laughs) A
1: little twisting
0: of the knife. Yeah, Like literally like the final shot. It's like, oh.
1: So that's how it's going to be. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's a fun enough show, but I I didn't love this last season, but I like the way that it ended. So, you know, stuck the landing. No, there you go. Cocaine Bear. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I wish it was a little more violent and a little more silly, but I still liked it. Wow. So if you liked it, I'm going to love it. That's not necessarily true. I, I just wanted a little bit like, I mean, it's a crazy movie, but I just like. I just wanted to, you know, it was like at a seven, and I want it to be like an eight or a nine on the crazy scale, or an eleven. Yes,
1: because eleven is louder than yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all seen Spinal Tap. Why not make ten louder? <laughs> oh, I forgot they were making a sequel to that. I can't wait for that. That's going to be fantastic. What is Rob Reiner involved in that? Yeah. Oh, perfect. I've heard that the violence is gratuitous. I mean, that's the point. But
0: I would, I just wish there was more. It's like there was like one really crazy death, and not enough. Uh, I guess there was whatever. Is it like? Is it stylized violence, or is it, like, gore? It's a little... I don't know. It's tamer. It's its not style... I mean, like, there's one kind of insane death, but mostly it's just, you know... I don't think... Is it the same kind the, of... The violence probably isn't... I mean, if you don't like any kind of violence, you're not going to like it, but I don't think it's... It's not the kind of violence that would turn you off, like, you know, if you're, like, watching, like, a saw or something.
1: Is it, like, machete and machete kills kind of violence? Because those are pretty graphic, but no. they're not, like... They're not bad graphic. It's not, like like slasher horror house it's kind of like no but
0: there, there is a scene involving some intestines much like machete oh that well that, i mean that man had his <laughs>
1: not in the same way no his intestines were thrown around a helicopter plate
0: <laughs> yeah i i enjoyed it i wish it was just a little bit crazier though okay and i saw a knock at the cabin
1: Ooh, that uh with
0: dave batista yeah. and uh jonathan groff yeah i read the book slightly different title Cabin at the end of the world that's an end night Shyamalan <clears throat> piece right yeah um didn't love it really I like some of the performances in there and I do mean some and the ending it's not like a Shyamalan twist but the end changes like the book has some balls yeah and the way that the movie ends like kind of takes that away and that also um kind of ruins some of its other themes so it's a very confusing ending like why why these cha- I like I understand why one death was changed although I don't agree with it it's like that's kind of what made the book have its gut punch. Mm-hmm. And switching that out and making it different. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't care for it. But I like, I mean, Batista's is good in it. Yeah. Um, Ron Weasley, he's in there doing a Massachusetts accent. He does a pretty good job. Oh, good for Ron. Confundus charm. Or as they say, Confundus. I do find it, I, I put this out on Twitter. The um, M. Night Shyamalan, he's a big Philly guy, like mm-hmm. big 76ers fan. And they used the 76ers uh, to promote uh, this movie. Like, literally, like, James Harden is in ads with him, like, in a cabin. Oh, okay. Which is
1: he's doing now because he's on vacation.
0: James Harden has never been in a cabin in his life. He's in a strip club as we speak. That's a good point. But the only reason I find that funny is this book is a very, like, New England book. And the only thing that this book makes fun of is they spend, like, four straight pages making fun of the 76ers. And then they're in the market (laughs) I'm like, literally literally anything else. It's clearly people in the marketing team of the 76ers did not read the book. (laughs) It's just literally four straight pages of making fun of trusting the process. Well, clearly there's no process to be trusted. It's been a decade. But yeah, Those all right, quickie reviews. I mean, the process takes time. Barry, yeah, decade. Like the ending, Cocaine Bear, enjoyed it. Knock the cabin, not as much. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. All right, going to move on from there to the news.
1: Before we get started, does anyone want
0: to get out? It's time for the news.
1: Is the writer strike still going on? Of course. Okay.
0: All right. Fine. Let's start with the writer strike story. Yes. I don't think this is going to ultimately matter that much, though. Deadpool three, because Ryan Reynolds is part of the WGA. Uh, filming started on that, but he's um, he can't do any improv. Any, it has to be exactly what's in the script. Wow. Or that would be him like literally crossing like the picket line, being a scab.
1: So he has to like verbatim, absolutely, even if something absolutely tremendous pops into his head he cannot use it i mean even like scene direction he has to go with what's on the page
0: he can't do anything else
1: that's gonna be so incredibly difficult as an actor yeah i mean the last
0: writer straight gave us x-men origins wolverine i'm sad but here's uh where i think this doesn't really matter that much deadpool for a lot of the movie maybe not all of it he's behind a mask that's true he can adr a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah they can i think that's a at least on the ryan reynolds side of things but i mean that also is gonna you know change it for anyone else so like they can't if you're in a scene with him and you're probably in it because it's called deadpool 3 like no one else could really do anything yeah. different around him so yeah, i don't know uh. that's, that's that's great news for deadpool 3 we'll see I, I like at least on the reynolds side of things they can you know change his lines later when he's in a mask yeah but, yeah he has to do exactly what's on the page that's not horrible guess we'll see i guess we will um okay we'll do one more writer strike story, and then that's all the writer strike stories. Okay. The upcoming Blade Runner twenty ninety nine series, live action series, has uh, going to be delayed for what they're thinking is an entire year. Wow. So it'll be Blade Runner twenty one hundred. Yes. Uh, yeah, they like they were like set to go, like pre production was done, like they were about to start filming. They're like till this is over, so it's going to yeah. push. It. They didn't say it definitely a year, but I, th- I think the phrase
1: was could be up to a year. Wow. So that's assuming the writer's strike gets done in an expedient manner.
0: Yeah. Um, But other stuff, I guess they can't really jump on this yet. Aha. What? Ha ha. I struck your phone. You didn't catch it. No, I'm saying. I don't know why you were like, I won. I was like, ha, he got me. Okay, great. Yes. Ha ha, indeed. I'm sad. (laughs) Because, you know, nothing could ever stay gone. John Wick 5 is in development. And they're also going to be doing, like, Uh, games and other different uh, kinds of media. We um, already know there's... A spin off movie and a TV prequel series oh. coming out, but now John Wick 5. And if you're aware of the end of John Wick 4, I was going to say, li- I was going to say, uh, interesting. I guess they're finding a way. Excommunicado, my ass. I, I still haven't seen John Wick 4, waiting for when it's a little cheaper. Oh. Although it did beat, it's out on um, video on demand now. And it, even though Mario made three times the budget of John Wick, it's, it's beating Mario on VOD. Mm. Which I'm a little surprised by because, I mean, Mario's mostly a kid's movie. And it feels like parents will you know just like oh my god something new for them to watch here watch this yep so i'm I'm surprised john wick is beating it other things that are being written but this one's being held off on not for writer strike reasons okay james cameron said he started working on another terminator movie terminator 7
1: isn't he busy like being balls deep in avatar movies yeah
0: what he's saying that he's waiting for is like he's kind of waiting to see how this whole ai thing plays out first yeah
1: like that's a big part of the writer strike too isn't it is the use of ai in writing yeah it does (laughs) So, come on man you did terminator before you got some things right it's true he could
0: take some swings yeah have at it arnold says he's not coming back for any more terminator ever again which you know fine That it's makes a, sense a choice but i feel like <laughs> it was blood from a stone at this point. point two great movies everything else awful
1: yeah which being <laughs> the original two terminators
0: yeah three four five six all bad that sarah connor show also bad i can't speak to much of the other tie-in media although that time that when we read that robocop terminator crossover and robocop killed john connor that was kind of awesome that was yeah that was oops (laughs) uh i loved that tomorrow this got leaked a while ago Uh miss
1: marvel is dying oh in the comics yeah okay not in the movie i I doubt that (laughs) yeah they're not gonna kill off kamala probably like look at this dead kid nope probably not (laughs)
0: we're disney
1: we already turned
0: peter parker to dust that's true But, yeah, that got uh, leaked a while ago, and then Marvel kind of had to take over and be like, oh, man. Then they had to, like, change their marketing about it. It's like, when she dies, like, eh. Guys were kind of, you know, rocking a hard place. Like, the information
1: was out there. I still, when I think about the blip, sometimes it randomly pops from my head. Like, did they really think through the consequences of bringing everybody back in that moment? Think about all of the, like, people that were flying. Where do they end up? Just in the sky, and they plummet to their death? Yes. I feel like that's terrible like it's like i turned to dust now i'm back and i'm gonna die or do they show up on the plane and the plane's just like parked unless no, it was a
0: no that was they had that one of the spider-man movies where everyone just popped back in where they were so like a lot of people died <laughs> yeah but a lot less yes good point anyway um let's just get the the bad one out of the way okay okay there was a large article released on Vanity Fair that was an excerpt from a book coming out uh, called "Burn It Down." Then a much longer subtitle by Maureen Ryan, and it gets into um, the behind-the-scenes of Lost. I saw your tweet on this. Um, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I saw multiple people's tweet about this. It's an, it's a very long read, like for quite an excerpt, but it's like trying to even like pick out what's the worst thing that happened here. The blatant sexism and racism it was just all over the place in every kind of way you could imagine. Uh, the writers' room, uh, which was uh, led by David Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, they've been accused of uh, some racist some racist stuff. David Lindelof in like the quote, like he's like, I don't remember specifically saying this. He's like, but I created a room where I thought, okay, if I just added you know, one or two uh, like one or two people in there who doesn't look like me, there, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. He's like, in reality, that was like the worst thing I could have done because it's just a bunch of white guys sitting around a table being like, ha ha ha, blacks, ha ha ha, women. Th- th- mm. that not good luck. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, he owned up to it for, you know, I think his statement that he put out is about as good as you can. But, I mean, some of it's really
1: bad. Is Lost getting canceled? Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, I was thinking about doing a rewatch. I'm kind of...
1: (laughs) Kind of turned off to that now? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, uh, one actor, um, uh, Harold Parenta, who played Michael, you may remember him from Yelling Walt a lot, uh, got written off the show. And I guess what Lindelof said, like, in the writer's room, was like, he called me a racist, so I fired his ass well if the shoe fits wear it apparently <laughs> and i get uh w- with print he's like yeah i never called him a racist it's like i can be black and talk about like being black without like that yeah like turning on you but, yeah li- i mean lindelof's apology was pretty you know for as much as you could take apologies take it as you will it was, you know i thought it was as well said as he could have said it versus uh the other guy carlton cues who was the other showrunner Uh, one thing that anecdote that brought up and this is allegedly because he he's saying up and down i never would have said that was there was this uh one actor who wanted to leave the show because he was lonely he wanted to go home he was away from his family in hawaii yeah i i used to be able to pronounce his name i can't do it anymore i'm not gonna try the guy that played mr echo um black actor and i guess when he was quitting uh carlton hughes said in the room um i wish we were allowed to hang it like the character not the person oh hang him from the highest tree and cut his dick off and shove it in his mouth and uh the black female writer on the staff she was like maybe don't do something that sounds like lynching yeah probably a good idea i think they just killed him with a smoke monster to the chest if i remember right like threw him into a tree ow so not the whole cutting his dick off and shoving it in his mouth while he's hanging
1: you don't know if the smoke monster didn't do that or not
0: yes i'm pretty confident that didn't happen okay
1: then I, I believe you but
0: i I mean, that's certainly, I, I thought that was, like, one of the more egregious ones in there, but there's stuff about, like, pay and focusing on, like, white characters more and, like, shoving things off to the side and just giving people side stories because they're being told, like, no one cares about your character. And, like, Lindelof saying, like, if writers aren't crying in my writer's room, then, like, they're not trying hard enough.
1: Just, like, crying from, like, the emotion of what they've written or crying because they're, like, beat down and can't focus? One. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, Um, it's it's in Vanity Fair. Like, the book is coming out, but it is it is pretty damning
1: doesn't sound very good i mean how does this affect jj J. abrams at all
0: jj J. abrams was barely there like he got the sh- uh, nothing in the art i don't know even- his name barely comes up in it he got the show off the ground like did the pilot developed it and then was mostly gone like you don't see his name will pop up as like co-creator
1: but like past like the first half of season one his name never shows up again hmm that's uh hardly believe that movie's coming up me in 20 years uh, that TV series rather is coming up on me 20 years old
0: yeah yeah that came out in 2004
1: yeah so next year 20 years old and yeah it's it's pretty damning stuff
0: not good yeah it's not fun to read haha all right next thing let's get into some fun stuff porno took you
1: longer to look up than I thought it would from your phone I was watching porn <laughs> <laughs> yo I' not do that uh No, I'm just used to working with high school students, having that word thrown around a lot, and I just am kind of desensitized to it. Well, we're talking about pornography today, but not in a direct sense.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantino's been doing some rounds uh, and talking about his upcoming film, The Movie Critic where a lot of people were saying like, oh, we bet it's going to be about Pauline Kale. Uh It's not. What He he didn't identify the person by name. He's like, what it is, is there used to be this porno mag that I'd get that had this writer in there and I really liked his reviews and I thought the guy was like really funny and he was really like uncensored and like not very kind and then he died of alcoholism when he was like in his late 30s. Ugh. So that's uh, the subject of Quentin Tarantino's final movie. Some guy who wrote, I guess, kind of, you know, off the wall movie reviews in a not very well known porn mag.
1: Well, I was like, so it's not Hustler, <laughs> it's not Playboy.
0: No, no something I'm sure we never what really a, heard of. Oh,
1: uh, if Hustler, Playboy, what was the other big not... one from your teenage years? So I was calling, it, it was you probably had the skin mags. Nah.
0: Yeah, I mean that sounds kind of like right up Tarantino's alley, just something like dirty and grimy. Mm. I'll take it. Uh, he also talked about what he's going to do after this movie, his 10th and final film. He's basically said, I don't know, I could do a TV show. I could do some short films. I could do theater stuff. I said I'm directing from movies. I didn't say it was like going away forever. Yeah. Just,
1: I'm not going to make these specific things anymore that I'm well known for. Yeah. Which totally sounds fair. Yeah. 100%. All right. Then we got trailers first one up barbie
0: this kind of looks fun yeah no i'm, I'm kind of sold on this movie yes.
1: i <laughs> looks- i mean i'm not gonna go see it in the theaters like when it's able to stream and i can get it for free my hope
0: is that i'll be able to do this as a double feature because this comes out the same day as oppenheimer
1: Ah, now that movie looks like it's good
0: too so if i could go to a drive-in and do a double feature of barbie and oppenheimer that's like
1: opposite ends of the spectrum i don't know if those movies butt up well together for a double feature i know my fear they'll definitely come out the same day i just hope they're not on different screens that's my fear that's a legitimate fear for certain
0: i don't this looks fun i there's just i like the mentality of it's like oh how would you get out of your barbie dream house well you don't need stairs because it's like a kid playing with a doll so let's yeah. pick it up and put it down she just floats yeah and the, her, her, the feet are always arched because that's how barbie like plastic feet are mm-hmm. when they don't have their shoes on like constantly yeah. ar- there's just a lot of creativity in here that i'm really enjoying you know it, it looks like a lot of fun it does
1: look like I, Ryan Gosling looks like he's having a blast playing Ken. He uh, he has a song on the soundtrack, so we'll have to see what that is. Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I do, I love I love the craziness of this. Like where I was saying like I want Kokebear to be a little like crazier. This movie looks like it's going like full-blown nuts.
1: It's like taking big swings at everything. It's
0: it's very Lego movie, including Will Ferrell as the villain in the real world
1: will ferrell in there that's what he just does now i'm a villain in a toy movie in the real world yes it really is his job i'm trying to think of some other big name like oh um you've got uh, there's a ton of names of this i mean it's nothing
0: but people yeah and they we've shown them all we still haven't seen john cena as a merman
1: yet no i love me some john cena as a merman he's mermaid ken or merman kid i don't know how you do that don't know. I have some other deep-seated questions about mermaids, but that's probably not the time or place to ask, to ask them. No, I don't, because I feel like they're all sex-related. Well, I mean, the, the Was ma- there
0: one of them that wasn't sex-related? Mm. No. No, there wasn't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they're entirely sex. Well, not uh,
1: entirely.
0: Mm-hmm i wish podcasts could pick up a cl- accusing glares
1: oh i'm sure that the pregnant pause has been more than enough to assuage the anger of the the, the pregnant the pregnant pause
0: and i also i love that they're just like dive i really like that last scene of the trailer where ken is just like so inherently sexist i need to talk just from that world i need to talk to a oh, doctor yes lose his hat you think like, because i'm a man
1: yes i need a clicky pen something sharp <laughs>
0: I, I i mean everyone's been like sharing it on like the their mugshot photos
1: are like so funny it lo- this looks great i can't wait for it i like how ken said end ken next to barbie <laughs> it just looks fun no it, i mean it, it
0: definitely like i i could get there like going in all these like existential themes a lot of which i think we're going to talk about today there's going to be a yes. lot of similarities between barbie mm, and blade runner they both start with b I mean, more like the idea of like free will and corporations. Oh, yeah. Planting memories. And um, racism and stereotypes and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's actually quite a few similarities between the Barbie movie and Blade Runner. One might call them parallels. Mm. Juxtaposed, baby. It's mm-hmm. my $5 word of the day. There you go. And the other trailer, Strange New Worlds had a, I think it's second trailer out now, mostly really love it. I do hate that shot that so many things do. Like, if you're in a plane, or Star Trek's even another shot before, you're in a spaceship, you're doing something, and you dive below the screen, it's like, oh, man, I bet they crashed. Just that, woo, we made it. Yes. That, that's just, it's such an overused shot. I'm sick of it. This is the last time, Hollywood, this no, where I'm taking my stand. It's not the last <laughs> time. But I do, I mean, the rest of the trailer is fun, and I want—you know, this is my second time kind of watching it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. This trailer is just like, everyone's hooking up. Spock's hooking up with Nurse Chapel. Pike's hooking up with Number One. That's new kirk's in mm. there he's doing kirk things he's probably gonna be hooking up with people
1: yeah green-skinned ladies
0: but all that pales in comparison the reason i forgot about all this I'm like, oh yeah spock of the klingon that looks awesome because the characters from lower decks are in there and that just blew my mind oh
1: wow i know you haven't watched either show so you're like but they're they're making parallels they're drawing connections
0: i mean the uniforms
1: look perfect they even have
0: boimler with his purple hair which i guess isn't just like an affect for the animated show
1: well i mean maybe it was and then they're like oh we should probably give him purple hair for the live action it's just
0: cool it looks i'm so excited about that i mean that's there's so much cool looking stuff in this trailer spock drinking drinking blood wine with the klingons but boy that crossover episode i can't wait for that that is that's the most exciting part and i'm sure that's kind of what got everyone else Mm. jacked up about this too but man i can't wait for that that's awesome all right so for that we're gonna move on to weird comics facts here are some weird comic mm. facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. I'm going to give you a two for today. Okay. Because we're Indiana Jones is coming up, and we're talking about a Harrison Ford movie. I do love Indiana Jones. I thought I'd give you some Sala casting. Some what? Sala casting. The casting of Sala. Oh, okay. Who Spielberg first wanted. Ooh. Um, Whatever well, you think John Rhys-Davies looks like i mean keep the white skin but his physical opposite
1: so someone fit and i mean he's i mean he's big he's a he's a burly man but he's yeah. not like a like a rotund man are we talking about like was it was gonna be like a real rails thin no. skinny like a like a large round individual look it was danny devito you know what he made a good choice <laughs> he chose wisely uh, DeVito, no he wanted
0: to do it. he, he had a scheduling thing oh so they went with John Reese Davies instead, who's like, I think, eight feet taller than Danny DeVito. I mean, if you're eight feet taller, then you are eight <laughs> feet taller than Danny DeVito. <laughs> Physically imposing. Yeah, I don't know. There's my, my salad but oh. that, was, that was a quickie, so I th- th- thought I'd throw in a bonus one. Okay. Another Indiana Jones one. This is a comic book one. Mm-hmm. Um, this obviously is a non-canon thing, blah, blah, blah. There is a comic book where Han Solo and Chewbacca are in the Millennium Falcon. They crash land on Earth. What? Chewbacca gets mistaken for bigfoot oh no wonder so so that's where that comes from but during a archaeological dig indiana jones digs up the bones of han solo uh i don't like it real thing i mean not a canon thing but real comic book that happened Uh, just a fun little thing
1: don't know if i like it or not
0: it's nothing but tongue-in-cheek i'm fine with it because it's not meant to be anything it's just meant
1: Comics can do that. Comics have the ability to just have a one-off silly idea. Well, I mean, it was a long time ago, so it makes sense. It's not happening now. It's not in the future. It was a long time ago. That's right. Harrison Harrison Ford found Harrison Ford. He was in a movie called Finding Henry, so I guess. It was regarding Henry. Damn it. Get this man some Ritz. Yes, it's all about Ritz. Yes. Speaking of J.J. Abrams, it was written by J.J. Abrams. Yes. I saw they had a writing credit on that. Or he did all the writing. I think it was entirely him. I don't know. But I'll tell you the Ford last movie. time
0: I watched regarding Henry,
1: it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Other Harrison Ford movies, The Fugitive. Harrison Ford had a run in the late, like the early night, like late eighties, early nineties, of like being the leading man in Hollywood. Yeah, he did a movie or two. Yes, Air Force One, though. Prime Cinema. So, from actor
0: Harrison Ford, who was in Patriot Games to basketball games, it's time for Jared Sports Reports.
1: He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's
0: time for another Jared Sports Report.
1: All right, time for the Sports Reports. Uh, sad times in Boston. Sad times for Zach and Emily. Sad mm-hmm. times for Celtics Nation. They talk about? Something happened? Uh, they lost in Game 7 by <laughs> 19 points. Uh, you knew the game was off to... It was going to just not be... Yeah, it's fun to watch
0: a game be over in 26 seconds. Yeah. When Tatum rolled his ankle on the very first play, it
1: was like, ew, that's not good. But the problem is, and I'm going to use a little little comic book parlance per se, they needed Jalen Brown to be Superman. He was barely Clark Kent. He was more like Jimmy Olsen in that game. Yeah, he had, what, 17 points or something like that, but he had, again, some bad turnovers. He almost set the NBA Game 7 turnover record. Like... There's, I mean, I'm sure... You know, you probably have a similar viewing.
0: When I'm watching a thing, I'm usually, especially like basketball, it's like I usually, like, my analytic brain is on, like, like okay, what what is this team doing? Like, what what, what plays are we running? What are they doing? That kind of stuff. Like, kind of like going, you know, back and forth in my head. And then there are games where eventually that part of your brain just turns off and you get dumbfounded. Yes. As- the analytic brain goes away. You're just, like, just pleading, like, just stop shooting threes. Why are you still shooting threes?
1: I love that they were running the motionless offense. Oh, my God. It was... Can we all talk about how Charles Barkley is a national treasure? By the way, I love Charles Barkley. <laughs> At halftime, I'm tired of watching these dumbass Celtics.
0: <laughs> I do enjoy Charles Barkley.
1: You could just tell he was frustrated because he knew, like, clearly the Celtics had more talent; they were the better team, but they were just so undercoached and offensively putrid, absolutely putrid.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a rough night. Certainly a rough one to go out on.
1: It took him over 15 minutes to break 20 points
0: in a game seven yeah and i mean i know we, like last week we were talking like things that are gonna change i do think there'll be some personnel changes guys that i think will not be back next year i think we've seen the last of grant williams and peyton pritchard yes as far as like guys who were like you know wrote like bottom of the bench like who cares like i don't they're all the the garbage time guys doesn't really matter but for guys who are like you know at least played a role i bet we've seen the last of grant williams and peyton pritchard maybe sam hauser but maybe not I, I could see a world where say like sam hauser sticks around
1: but you, there has to be a level of credit though. Floated the way of Miami to, to lose Game Six the way they lost it, and to come back and not blink. Yeah, Tatum getting hurt made a difference, but he still played over forty minutes. Like he still, I he, mean, not good minutes. No, like, <laughs> like he could barely, like he was barely moving. Yeah, like I tweeted today, like why did they not take him out after it happened and at least retape it if it wasn't already taped and like snug that thing up and maybe you know give him a little something something you know. Yeah, I, like let him not to like create like oh they should have like a Willis Reed Paul Pierce moment, but like he should have gone to the back, gotten like checked. Yeah, like, I get he's trying to be tough, and people in Boston like oh he's soft, but they take him out back, they give him a little shot of like you know cortisone or toradol and tape the shit out of that ankle. It's game seven instead of like waiting till halftime.
0: Yeah, yeah it's it's a bummer of a loss, but you move on to the next one
1: yes which won't be until sometime in october
0: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the finals probably not the first couple of games just because i think i just mentally need a break for a couple of days (laughs) after that but i'll watch the finals i guess i'm a nuggets fan for like the next two
1: weeks if it goes two weeks go nuggets i think the nuggets could sweep but it's probably gonna be nuggets in five little gentleman sweep go murray go Jokic. yeah the joker
0: go mike malone remember that coach uh, that you didn't know the name of
1: remember the uh the heat were down three with under three minutes to go in the fourth quarter of the playing game yeah and now they're in the nba finals as the eighth seed
0: yeah yeah i don't like that team heat culture baby
1: (laughs) heat culture
0: can't spell heat without hate
1: that's true it's just a anagram yes thank you you're welcome it took me a minute i had to dig for the word (laughs) oh what other sports reports do we have I guess I really got to start doing some research and diving into the Red Sox so I can have some. (laughs) It's a long season. Uh, Patriots were fine and lost two OTA sessions uh, for this week because Joe Judge, you remember him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He held players in a voluntary meeting over the two-hour time limit, I think it was, or like two hours over the time limit. It's something I've seen where he he held them long in a meeting and the Patriots lost two OTA sessions and some money because of it. So, there you go. There's that. Joe Judge continuing to make things happen for the Patriots, I guess. Uh, ooh, Jimmy Garoppolo did not pass his physical. Really? Why? Uh, well, I mean, he's got a you know long-term case of injuries and whatnot. So, guess who now is the, I think it was like two-to-one odds favorite to be the next starting quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders? Tom Brady. That's right, Thomas. No, I wasn't serious.
0: you fucking kidding me? Yep,
1: he's become the Vegas favorite. Oh, my God. I don't think it's, I doubt it's going to happen. I mean, he's still one of the best five quarterbacks in the world, but yeah. So, interesting NFL news. Um, what else? Let me just pull up my. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, never mind then. Something, there's an update today on that. The um, Jimmy Garoppolo signed what is called a injury waiver, and it was over his foot. So, there's a provision in his contract about injury now. So, still get the whole gang back together out West. <laughs> and yeah that's about it for jared sports reports (laughs) that i can think of off the top of my head just holding on desperately like maybe tom will come back Mm, no especially if they're gonna have tom brady night on opening night yeah no he no he's retired he's staying retired enjoy it i keep doing annoying car commercials
0: yes hurts they hurts me
1: i'm gonna hurt you for making that (laughs) joke
0: i don't know what he's doing in half of them charging (sighs) making money (laughs) yeah that's I mean, I guess he just went through a divorce, but, like, how much money do you need, man? Tom Brady's got that fuck you money.
1: (laughs) All right. Is that it for Jared Sports Reports? Yeah, that's it for Jared Sports Reports. Oh, yeah. You had the biggest day in racing (laughs) over the weekend. I can't remember who won. I think it was Max Verstappen won the Monaco Grand Prix. Joseph Newgarden won the Indy 500. And Ryan Blaney won the Coke 600, which got pushed back a day because of rain to yesterday on actual Memorial Day. So, I, I know those names and i definitely know all of those races do you really no you don't know the indy 500 i know that one but yeah oh kirby how you doing but you're like the coke 600 i don't know what that is yeah it used to be the world 600 takes place in charlotte north carolina that doesn't help me any you know where the monaco grand prix takes place
0: yes that one i know where monaco
1: it congratulations a, it was an iron man too oh, that's also a good point <laughs> tony stark was not in that race this year just so oh, we're all the oh, same good page.
0: All right, we're going to move on from there. As Harrison Ford has a new movie coming out with an old character. We're going to go back to an old, which also isn't getting great reviews. We're going to go back to one of his most iconic characters, which also didn't get great reviews. This week we are talking Blade Runner. The final cut. Yes.
1: I'm the best there is at what I do. But what I do best
0: isn't very nice. It's time for an Editor's Note podcast review quick background on this one directed by ridley scott just coming off of aliens in 1979 mm-hmm. uh the book or the movie is based off of the book by philip k dick hilarious name <laughs> phil dick <laughs> I mean, that's why he threw the k in there yes know.
1: do androids sleep uh, or do androids dream of um robot sheep you're so close mechanical sheep do do, do androids, androids dream of blank uh, sheep sheep. electric sheep yeah all right
0: yeah, from, uh, the, from the year 1968 there you go uh i've read the book it's pretty wildly different mm. I, i'd seen the movie like wait i mean i don't even know how many at least the printing that i bought it was like they weren't even calling it that it was just like the cover was it's harrison ford and it's blade runner and then i read it's it like these things aren't alike at all well i mean you
1: still have decker in there
0: yeah it's it's a very different experience though so if you i mean if you want to see a totally different spin on blade runner read the book mm. it's, i mean it's good it's just don't go into it something interesting that i think um the movie doesn't do a good job of they, they touch on it in passing which you could you know just call that like kind of like natural world building or whatever is uh the value of animals like they have like literally like just fake animals that they build as yeah, like replicant animals Yeah, but, like, but if you have a real animal, like, oh, man, like, that's, like. That's having, like, a, like, that's that's sacred. That's, like, the 1% kind of.
1: Yes. Well, that's why the unicorn is such a key element.
0: I'm just saying, I don't think the the movie does as good of a job of explaining the status symbol of animals. Like, they talk about animals a lot in that book. Yes. And I guess before. The other little bit of background on it, uh, there are at least four different cuts of this movie that have been publicly released. There's the one, There's a theatrical one. Uh, there was one that came out later, which was almost the same, just with a little more violence. There was the director's cut, which did things like take away the happy ending, which is a very stupid ending. And they took out the narration, which is good because it's it's very cheesy and cornball. It's like it's very much trying to be like, like a pulp novel and Harrison Ford says the N-word in it. Yeah. So, so you know, glad glad that wasn't the version you gave me (laughs) yeah so a couple of things have been removed for the best and then there was the final cut that came out in 2007 which is the one that we watched Mm -hmm. and there we go so what's your history with Blade Runner
1: I remember watching it back in like late high school early college that's the last like so 20 years ago is like when I had watched it so to me like being able to watch this was like like it was new to me in a lot of ways so like kind of my background whether it was like i'd seen it 20 years ago occasionally the clips would pop up in my youtube algorithm like you know the monologue at the end with um you know rucker Ruckerhauer, rucker Hauer and uh which he uh, improvised even the tears in the rain part that's him yeah wow because that's such a powerful movie, know, it's, it's iconic one... movie line yeah i mean usually like letting actors improv big speeches doesn't work but yeah that was all no, him. certainly worked in that situation so it was, there were things like, oh yeah, I remember, I'd, I'd forgotten about how visually stunning the movie is. I mean, that's and like the effects of the time, like just because it was late, it was early 80s when it came out, right? Okay. Like 83. So for me, like the visuals, just unbelievable. I mean, they got Los Angeles in 2017 wrong, but still. <laughs> you know what,
0: my favorite, like little thing thing because there's like obviously a bunch of stuff that doesn't line up like yeah. flying cars blah, blah, blah. but i love that in this version of the world atari is still massive oh
1: yeah <laughs> like atari's still a company yeah today but <laughs> it's not like the same bigness that you know but again in 1983 atari was pretty freaking big yeah but just the i had an interesting conversation with somebody today about this movie and like you know because it was also like for me too when you look at that kind of Late 70s, early 80s. That was a real boom in science fiction. I mean, you had the success of Star Wars in the late 70s, and you're backing that up with Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Dune. So there's a, a lot of science fiction that's really kind of taken Star Trek, the motion picture, some of the early yeah. Star Trek movies. I'm going to
0: tell you uh, what movies came out in 1982 because it was a big year, which also might have something to do if, with why this didn't do well in the theaters. Yeah. One of them was E.T., which is, it was yeah. like the summer of E.T., and everyone's was like, We love happy fun things. Like, and here's Blade Runner. And everyone was like, Boo! Yeah. We want a happy fun E.T. Let's look at this insane year. Uh, the remake of Cat People. Oh, Cat People. Hey, meow. Kona the Barbarian, Annie, Rocky Three. Poltergeist, Star Trek Two. The Wrath of Khan. like I said, E.T. Yeah. Ooh, Grease too john
1: carpenter's remake of the thing secret of nim tron secret of nim tron so yeah it's like i said lots of science fiction movies at this time like it was kind of a boom of science fiction movies
0: yeah and blade Runner* just kind of got buried like et was such a like that was like the big summer popcorn movie that's what people were kind of in the mood for it's like
1: Mm -hmm. but like you like think about some of the i mean outside of like tron is kind of i wouldn't say tron is dark but this is very very gritty very street level in a lot of ways yeah i mean there's
0: blade runner i mean if people say they don't like it i can understand that because it is a little plotting but the aesthetic of this movie like this thing like changed science fiction like everyone steals from this like you so many movies like from 1982 to today you can look at them go
1: yeah that's just blade runner yeah they they just stole that from blade runner (laughs) think about think about the flying delorean looks an awful lot like the flying cars from blade runner
0: that's about the only effect I don't like in this. It's not when they're flying around. I know it's composite shots that aren't perfect, but is,
1: is it all the lens flare? I don't like
0: when the car lifts off the ground like just the force of like the smoke they have coming out from underneath it. I'm like, that wouldn't lift that car. Nah, probably not. It doesn't even look like as powerful as a fire extinguisher.
1: That's like the only shot in this movie I don't really like. This movie also has some good lines like uh is it Noel, who's the first replicant that shoots the guy? What's his name? Noel, Noel oh crap i can't remember no but when he like the tortoise guy <laughs> yeah time to die
0: it's like a great line. I, like wake a, up time to die that is one of the best lines <laughs> in the movie i really like that opener though it's so weird and unsettling oh yeah like doing the mind kampf test it's like i don't uh, think the, it's
1: the, the, the i don't think you said that right it's not the mind kampf test nope <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's not that, <laughs> that at all that's a different test yes
0: <laughs> i hope you don't pass it
1: Voight kampff test. The <laughs> Voight kampff test, yes. Very much different than <laughs> the, the kampff test. Uh, no, you can't call it that.
0: But I, I, that's a real, I like that scene a lot. It's just weird yes. and unsettling. And it's like also so routine, like the guy
1: that's doing it. Oh, but it was 2019, not 2017. I Wrong one. Um, if Leon. Leon, thank you. I should have known Leon because that's what you put on your mantle every year at Christmas. Are you a replicant? Yes. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen Blade Runner, the, the very quick gist is. Uh,
0: harrison ford plays uh rick deckard he he's a blade runner he hunts down uh these androids who are given a four-year lifespan the fear is like if they uh live beyond four years that they might be able to develop in unexpected ways so they have an intended cutoff where they just die
1: and they're also supposed to generally be off-world in the off-world colonies yeah mining mostly yes like serving humans yeah, uh, four of them escape. They're on the run. They don't want to
0: die. Uh, they try and figure out how to not die. And Harrison Ford is sent after them to kill them all.
1: Yes, and he like, and he's he, not very good at his job. No, but he's also very hesitant at the beginning. Like the police chief is like, no, no, you're. There's something like he's holding over him. And, like you're gonna do this, and which always like is part of like the theory. And I'm gonna ask what you think. Like there's always been a theory: is yeah. Decker a replicant? I,
0: yeah. Well, there wasn't always that theory. That was more in later cuts. Yeah, because at first have you seen the happy ending
1: no you probably did when you
0: saw the early when you saw it earlier yeah but, um the movie like because this movie just ends with, like harrison ford in the elevator the elevator closes but then there's a tacked on scene that the studio wanted to do which oh is that everyone the one with the origami u- unicorn no that, i mean that was added in later oh um it's harrison ford and rachel in a card like him giving voiceover it just goes and it turns out she didn't die after four years and we lived happily ever after. And they're just driving like in a convertible, smiling. Oh. Like The lighting looks nothing like the rest of the movie. It's so tacked on and awkward. I'm glad they got rid of it.
1: Yes. I mean, we know that she dies anyway, but she does... Well, if you haven't seen the new Blade Runner, she does have his kid. We'll not talk about the new Blade Runner. Okay, we'll talk about the new Blade Runner. You didn't even see the new Blade Runner. I, I didn't, but I knew that she had a kid that was his. <laughs> Which, again, leads to me to ask, how can the replicant doesn't have eggs have sex and make baby? i don't know unless they made eggs in her or were they life finds a way
0: yeah as far as the is deckard um a replicant i i go by the theory that yeah i think he is i think he's just a different kind of it and they go into in the next movie like other different kinds and whatnot so yeah i i, I believe he is although that movie doesn't definitively answer it either which i really like i like how they go about it yeah and even though the scene has jared Leto, boo but yes i i'm
1: i'm of the belief that deckard is a replicant I mean, there's so many things like. I think basically everyone in this
0: movie is a replicant.
1: It could be. And you're just unaware. Like, could be everyone around you is. And like, there are certain types of. Like J.R. Sebastian, I don't think he is. Mm. Um, but
0: his boss definitely is.
1: I think what's interesting about this movie and giving it a watch now is when you think about some of the themes in this, especially when it comes to like technology and the integration of major swings of technology in our lives, such as in this replicants but the ai revolution that we're living through right now like there's certainly some interesting parallels i I hope they
0: don't go through a revolution because then it's the matrix
1: yeah that's not good then we have to scorch the (laughs) the sky and unless we're in the matrix right now
0: yeah they did a bad job then
1: (laughs) well yeah especially if my matrix is spending every tuesday night at your house but i i think this movie having you know having rewatched it but really like kind of watching it with like some intent and some like purpose it holds up i think in a lot of ways yeah i
0: mean i literally said this earlier but i mean it has themes of like corporations having too much power um especially like within america yeah ideas of free will ideas of freedom ideas of like being more than what's expected of you like there's a lot going on in this movie and i don't think i mean we talked about the world building and the look but i don't think you really need to scratch the surface that deep in this one to get to like the big ideas that they're trying to present to you like it's not i don't know there's certainly like deep themes in it but they're not trying too hard to like hide it from you like well because you didn't pick up on you know this thing that harrison ford bought it's all about capitalism or something it's like they're, they're pretty straight up with well in like, the beginning when he's trying is. to order
1: like you know four dumplings and he's only getting two and he's like with noodles it's like like the struggle i think for me what makes this movie pop is it's it's very like yeah it's based in the future and you have flying cars and hologram um the future of 2019 advertising and things like that but it doesn't feel like it's so far removed from like a plausible future you know it's not a utopian future it's very much a dystopian future yeah this isn't your star trek no, it's not. Like, it's no, far from it.
0: Nothing's opening up. You know, a nice little hiss in
1: every door. No, but Where it's like
0: everyone's a just you know pounding cigarettes and just chugging booze constantly.
1: But like it is gritty and it is dirty and it's like yeah, like you said, De- like Decker, not a good Blade Runner. I mean, at the end of the day, he gets the job done. But the number of times he gets his ass beat, like fingers broken, getting stabbed, getting thrown up against a garbage truck. At. That's such. good- Wake up
0: time to die <laughs> um was it priss i like she had like the worst attack like i'm just gonna backflip at you yes i'm like hmm how do i get this oh i know a gun yeah <laughs> that was a man doing those flips mm. fun side note well interesting it was a male gymnast uh, this movie is also notorious for everybody hated working on it like just one of those like troubled productions like no one thought it was going to get done is like they're all shooting in the rain in the middle of the night forever and things are breaking down and no one's getting along like he's like Harrison Ford didn't really like Sean Young that much because it was like her first movie he's like I'm too fucking tired to like teach you how to do this
1: yeah I mean think about the runner movies he was coming off of and the ones that he still had to go that I mean obviously didn't know 100% at the time
0: Sean Young was up for um Marion's role and uh raiders wow you, you could see the um the test footage that she shot with tom Selleck. yeah
1: imagine if tom Selleck had been indiana jones
0: i don't think we'd be getting an indiana jones 5 i
1: don't think we would have gotten an indiana jones 2
0: <laughs> and she was also the one who got like real weird and like tried to convince tim burton to cast her as Catwoman by showing up to his office in a Catwoman costume he's like security yes yeah i mean and then this movie went away so i forget what year uh blade runner 2049 came it's only a couple of years ago it yeah mean, It's like, hey, you know, a sequel, hair support coming back. I love that movie. I might like
1: the second movie
0: even more than I like this one. And I like this one quite a bit.
1: It's great, but no one showed up to theaters to see it. What was interesting to me about this movie was like how dark it was, but also how vibrant. When there was vibrancy to be had, like when there was color to be had, it was very pop. It popped. But in general, movie's kind of just like dark. I don't know. I love this. If you haven't seen it, check
0: it out. I'd probably go for the final cut. Like you can find the differences like, i think you can just find them on like wikipedia and if you kind of look at everything that's different i just go yeah why wouldn't i watch the final cut i think that's kind of the one to go with
1: i do like the score the score in this is really good the music fits it's very 80s yes in a good way yeah like tremendous like yeah it's perfect 80s kind of movie music
0: i don't know i highly recommend this one
1: yeah no 100
0: so we're gonna move on from there to letters to the editors a lot of questions number one damn few answers here's another one of your letters to the editors make it so all right if you want to ask us your own questions you can you send them into editorsnotecomics at
1: gmail.com or google mail.com don't don't okay. do that all right well you don't know i would like to think that everyone who sends it in does that in a passive aggressive way to you <laughs> all right this week's question now i hate to get political but we're gonna get political all right
0: if they ran for president oh, okay which ninja turtle would win oh good question let's all right bre- let's break it down leonardo sure he leads but he's also very dry
1: he is but sometimes people want their leaders at that level to just be dry and pretty predictable this is
0: why bob dole didn't win bob dole didn't win because he was also old <laughs> Bob dole is as stale as a cracker that have been left out for three days mm, true and that's why i think leonardo doesn't win probably right should he maybe be the one to win yeah mm. but is he going to probably not probably not michelangelo He's gonna have too much of a checkered past. He's, he's
1: gonna have too many skeletons in the closet.
0: I think he's he's gonna be the George Santos of the group. He's just gonna make some
1: stuff up. No, I don't think he's gonna make stuff up. I think his party attitude is, is laissez faire approach to life. I'm treating them as teenagers, so he's just gonna be like like teenagers like to exaggerate stories. Well, first of all, and, like, you have to be 35 and a natural born U.S. citizen to be president. So I'm just saying, if we're gonna if we're gonna play by the rules here, no, I just think his laissez faire brand of life is you know he's got some you know some some closet some skeletons in the closet that's all just saying he might have some some uh some past behaviors that you know might get him canceled
0: (laughs) i'm the first person ever compare michelangelo to george santos
1: and for good reason because michelangelo is like you know legitimate (laughs) he's not taking money away from dogs that's also true good for him all right donatello i don't know I think, I think he's in the pocket of big big science pharma big pharma has got him in the pocket I, I mean yes i'd say there is a percentage of the population that's not going to be into his science talk probably not i i mean i think he'd be a good lobbyist you know maybe a good director of nasa or something you know some sort of but i don't think so a cabinet member but yeah like he would like have a secretary level cabinet level but like you know Secretary of Science, or something. People are accusing him of inserting microchips into his bloodstream. Now you're just like, you know, flat le- flat earth, flat landing, flat earthing it. <laughs> They're not going to like that. Was this in your Mindkampf test? <laughs> yes, the mind test. And then there's Raphael. He's brash, but I think people it, like that get voted into office, Zach.
0: He's also in one version of the comics. He led the Foot Clan for a while as the Shredder. He took over. He just came in, bullied his way, and he's like, I rule you now.
1: And also, they listen. He's, he's kind of like a totalitarian. I'm thinking that, you know, none of these four would be good candidates for president. I think, ultimately, I would think I would give the edge to Leonardo. Depends on who his running mate is. I couldn't tell you. Like, a Leonardo, like, well, the thing that could help Raphael, though, is like a Raphael Jones, Casey Jones as vice president. I don't think he's going to help. No, but, you know, he could maybe balance something out. I don't know. Like, who else they're friends with that they could, like, bring in to be a... Although, I mean, Leonardo did have a tour of Love of Air with Tempestra, the video game person. There's a know. deep cut for you. How about that I'm, episode of the animated series?
0: I'm voting Raphael. I think he's going to bring in some of uh, the crazies because they're going to like his brash attitude. Mm. But I think he shows some leadership skills as well.
1: I think he's generally pragmatic. He wants to do the right thing. He believes what he is doing is right. And I think he'll also have
0: some of that like just generally cool factor. And that we've seen that work before. Yeah. I think he part of is, why Clinton won,
1: part of why Obama won. I think he's the most neutral in a lot of ways. He's more toward the center. I think you could Leonardo's the most electable. I would think, but Raphael is also one I would least want to have the nuclear codes. Yeah, because he would just be like, "Somebody cross the Canadian border, bring me the button." Yes, the, the Canadians. Well, you Those never are know. the ones. Yeah, there you go. I think Leonardo would be the most electable. Probably win.
0: I think Raphael
1: will win. All right, there you go. See. I think Leonardo's like the Jeb Bush. He's going to be over there going, please clap. No, I think I think he's an, enough of a... He's a safe candidate. He's a safe <laughs> candidate. All right, is that the show? I guess. If you enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com slash editors The dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Plus, you get access to stuff behind the paywall, including Zach's latest project, Pawn to the Dark Tower. Episode 3 was recorded last week. Still it was, recorded. It was in, it's in the can, but it's not edited. It, it's not in the can. It's... It's on the SD card. Pod of the Dark Tower episode three. That's a Patreon exclusive for the first 20 episodes of that show. So it was like a two-year run before you can get after that. That's why we're doing it this way. So there's just there's no rush. There is no rush. That's the point. It's like we can do it leisurely and then just put it all out. Plus, there's some other cool stuff behind the paywall. Dollar a month for the Patreon. You can also interact with the show. Editors Note Comics at gmail.com. Rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find Zach on twitter although i don't know what he's going to tweet about now the celtic season is over i try not to tweet about basketball too much because i feel like most people aren't there for that no probably not but just look him up editor no comics It's like add ed com or something like that but as many characters as i could get in there there you go and
0: you're there i guess at junior rich i don't know what you're gonna tweet about now because you know for the like three basketball games you watch a year you tweet about and now that those are gone
1: somebody made a good point the other night and by that i mean during game seven i tweeted the only time I really tweeted about the Bruins was during game seven. They lost. The only time I really have tweeted about the Celtics was game seven. They lost. Son of a bitch. But I think it's not me because you told me you washed your Lucky Tatum jersey during the playoff run. Not that superstitious. Clearly, it was your fault. So yes. if you're looking for somebody to blame, you can find Zach at the. the, the Let's at, say what? My ind- don't give my address out. Oh, I'll put it on the Patreon then for a dollar a month. <laughs> okay, You can great. find out where Zach lives.
0: Next week, because we got to actually do this Buy tickets. I mean, oh, in across the Spider-verse.
1: Oh, OK. N- next week. All right. There we go.